Hey guys, welcome to episode 195 of the Ryan is Super Strong podcast. This is another episode from the Corona Files, the Zoom edition of the, of the podcast, where I'm recording from my studio back home, but because of COVID and quarantine and all those things, I'm doing it via Zoom. And I don't like it as much. And the reason is because I had these amazing guests come in, like this week's guest, the handsome and wonderful, super talent, Nick Taylor. Now, do I like having him on the show? Yes. Yes, I absolutely do. But I want to hang out with my friend. I want to sit down. I want to drink too many beers. I want to goof around. I want to hug. I want to handshakes. You know, all these things. But I don't get to do that. But at, at the same time, you know, Nick Taylor is a man who's been on my... I'm, I'm going to say this several times throughout the episode. So I, I don't care if that makes you mad. Repetition is key, is key in life. <laughs> so, so you'll really learn how I feel. <laughs> But, you know, uh, Nick Taylor is somebody I've wanted to have on the show forever uh, since I started. He's one of my favorite people from Indiana University. That we, this is where we, That's where we met. And uh, we've been, con- you know, continued to be friends uh, throughout all these years. And we just haven't uh, connected in person for, so- for long enough over the years to do something like this. And so here we go. A Zoom edition, an interview with the wonderful Nick Taylor. And, you know, there's nothing going on. There's no live shows to promote. There's only craziness. There's only craziness. <laughs> the news is insane. Um, Black Lives Matter is still going strong. There are still protests happening here in Los Angeles, uh, you know, on an almost daily basis still. Um, there's so much going on. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird time, guys. And I hope that this, this, this podcast is at least giving you a little bit of uh, happiness and some of the craziness. I know everybody's worried about unemployment at the end of July. I'm hearing a lot of people and friends worry about that. I'm hearing a lot of people worried about all kinds of stuff. It's just a hard time. So my hope is that an interview like this with me and one of my friends gives you a little company in a way, you know, kind of makes you feel like you're there hanging out with some friends. And I hope that you're able to do that. We were having some beer, so crack one, you know, crack a beer. Get a beverage comfy. Get a beverage comfy. <laughs> I want you to make, I want you to whittle a small bed, a small little bed for a can of beer. So think of a beer koozie, but instead of a weird little foam, you know, a foam thing that's like a sleeping bag, I want you to make a little bed and make, make a little bit of bedding as well for this can. <laughs> make a beverage comfy today. That's going to be my new movement. <laughs> Anyway, that's the stupidest idea I've ever had, and uh, I think we should all go with it. So get something, get yourself comfy, get a beverage nearby. Um, I think this is, you know, obviously these uh, Zoom interviews are not of the highest audio quality. Like, so my intro and outros and stuff like that are a little bit cleaner just due to the fact that we're using Zoom recording, and it's just not as cool. Um, and, uh, and there will be some announcements in the next coming weeks, but I, what, I, what I will just say now to get you excited is that episode 200 is coming up. So I've got some fun plans for that. Um, so I'll just I'll just end with that. Uh, you know, we're coming close to 200 episodes of this show, which is crazy, and I'm so thankful uh, for this podcast and everything that it's, it's helped me to do over the pa- past few years, and uh, most of which today is to introduce you all to the wonderful Nick Taylor. So, like I said, get comfortable, okay? If you're working out, have your towel nearby. Have your water nearby. Don't get too sweaty on a machine that you have to touch a lot. You know, especially if you're in public. <laughs> but just in general, if you're doing weights and you get all your sweat on the weights and your hands get all slippery and then you drop your weight and your 
weight goes boom on your knee or on your toe, and then you scream. Anyways, <laughs> watch you if you're listening to this when you're working out. I hope that you're comfortable. You're not too hot. I hope you have enough hydration in your uh, in your bloodstream. You know, enough H2O going to that brain. Um, breathe in. Breathe out. And if you're not working out, maybe you're chilling at home. Maybe you just uh, are tired of Netflix for a little bit. Maybe you're going for a walk in the park. Whatever you're doing, I want you to be comfortable. I want you to have a friend nearby or a dog nearby or a kitten nearby. Whatever makes you comfortable, I want you to have that. Sit back. Relax. And most importantly... Enjoy the freaking <gasps> All right, hey, hey, welcome to the Ryan is Super Strong podcast. This is Ryan Knutson and I am, you guessed it. Super strong. <laughs> Today's strength level is drum fam. Now, this is a hashtag that many people have seen, especially drummers. And, and as I've said on this podcast many, many times, I love me some drummers. <laughs> now, you can tell already that uh, the person that I have on is a drummer and a fantastic percussionist because I only have badasses on this very show. But I will get back to uh, what I mean about drum fam later in the compliment corner. Uh, I will talk about what I mean by this later on. It's a very strong uh, strength level for the day, in my opinion. So before we get there, I need to introduce my guest. This is a man, a husband, a father, a dog dad to two dog pups. <laughs> A fantastic drummer percussionist, a fellow Hoosier, a percussionist in the U.S. Navy band based in Washington, D.C. Ever heard of it? This is wonderful, (laughs) talented, handsome, blue-eyed man, Nick Taylor. Hey, thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for coming on the show, dude. Of course. You fall in line uh, with, uh, I just I just interviewed uh, Matt Judson, who you'll remember from IU. I remember Matt, yeah. I, yeah. I interviewed him uh, via Zoom, and you know, you fall, of course you fall into this group of people that I always wanted to have on my wacky little show, but I just figured at some point I would be in D.C., or, I'd be, you know, or you'd be in L.A., and I'd be able to hang out with you in person and get you on the show. So, like, I, I, I never invited you on the show because I figured one of these days we'll be hanging out together, and I'll be like, you have to do my stupid show now. <laughs> and put you- I'm sure at some point I'd be in L.A., and we'd be, you know, sitting maybe 2 p.m., and we'd be doing this podcast at some point. But, yeah, here we are doing it over here instead. Which is totally cool. It's fine, you know. Well, that's all day. It's like, like I mean, obviously, this this uh, whole quarantine thing is uh, more cursed than blessing, in my opinion. But uh, there are some, you know, little bright spots, and one of those is like I'm I'm hitting that list of people that I've that have always been on my list of guests, you know, and just going like, fuck it, man. I I, I want to have them on in person, and I can do that later too, you know. But let's get some of these people. Let's start checking some of these guests off the list. And you've always, since day one, been on my list of people I wanted to have on my show, my friend. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I, uh, yeah, I feel privileged to be on, man. It's <laughs> nice of you to, to, uh, to, be, to include me in the list of badasses. I would not include myself in the list of badasses, but um, yeah, it's really nice to... Uh, you say that it is exactly why, my friend. That's exactly why. You're a true badass, in my opinion. I do appreciate that. I, uh, I think the same of you, so... Just a, couple drummers, just a couple drummers being badasses, I suppose, you know? <laughs> that's right, baby. <laughs> 
So, you know, the first question I ask all my guests is the same. Everybody gets the same first question, and that's just simply, hey, who are you, and what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, it's not only the, the question, but just the way that you ask it that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely vibe. Yeah, okay, cool. Who are you? Yeah, man, like you said, um, I'm all those things, a dad, uh, as, of, as of recent, and uh, a husband, and a drummer, and a dog dad, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I uh, am a drummer in the United States Navy Band. Um, I am a, a part of the military. Yeah, I'm like, went to boot camp, did the whole thing. Yeah. That. Went, to, went to grad school um, in New York, went to Juilliard for percussion, went to um, Indiana with you. Mm-hmm. That's where our lovely relationship um, blossomed. Right. And, um, undergrad in, in percussion performance there. Yeah. And before that, from Wisconsin, um, born and raised Midwest boy. Right. Uh, yeah. So now I live in the DC area. I live in Maryland and, um, with my wife, Katie, who I also met, uh, drumming. She's also a drummer, was a, in her prime, a drummer when, you know, when we were going to college together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we have a, a, a beautiful little baby named Eliza now. She's six months old. And, um, since quarantine, my job has not been percussion. It's just right. been basically taking care of a baby, which is a total shift in my daily life. And I, I absolutely love every minute of it. It's been totally uh, wild, um, yeah. totally taken out of my element, to be honest, you know, and uh, it's just been awesome so far. So that's me. full-time baby daddy at this point because of quarantine. Yeah, yeah, pretty much just a full-time, like what I imagine um, – you know, like a like a college drummer dude uh, taking the role of like a mom that like like power walks with a with a walking stroller and like has friends that she meets up with and like yeah. makes meals and just like totally embodies like the stay at home mom vibe. Yeah, I'm, I'm a dude just like put into that role. That's yeah. how I, I took some, especially since the beginning of this quarantine. It, it took you know what is it? We're on like we're on the end of month two of this thing. Yeah. Which is wacky to think about, but it took, it took three weeks for me or so to like really get thrown into the deep end. And, um, and yeah, now we're here and now I don't even know what it's like to go back to work. (laughs) 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 Put a uniform on and go do like go perform in front of a crowd. It's going to take some time to get used to doing that. I'm still like keeping up my chops and all that stuff, but of course, and, you know, I busted out the Pandero the other day, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to get those chops back, um, which uh, it's not an easy instrument, man. That's like a... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I even busted out, like, the the like the most educational, like, fundamental videos that I could find from Scott Kettner, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, just doing total basics, and, and I'm starting from, from ground zero. Yeah. And it's, it's coming back, it's coming back for sure, but it's taking some time. But anyways, yeah, trying to, trying to stay, um, as, uh, proficient as I can with the limited resources that I have in the house you know, to have a lot of like the mallet instruments that a lot of people have like marimbas and xylophones and vibraphones that everybody's like wailing on right now. But yeah, I'm just, I got a baby in one hand and like a stick in a pad in the other hand, you know what I mean? Playing stick control in the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> Challenges you never thought you'd, you'd. Uh, apply to stick control exactly yeah look yeah 
I love that, man. I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really, really weird time, obviously. And normally, I've said this every Corona Files episode I've done via Zoom so far. Uh, it's just that normally we try to keep the show pretty like evergreen. You can kind of listen to it whenever and not really put a timestamp on it. But it's impossible not to talk about this stuff right now because it's just so freaky, creepy, weird, wacky, <laughs> crazy that. Uh- yeah, not a single person's life is is normal right now in the whole world. I mean, that's the craziest part of the spectrum is that like there's not one person in this whole world yeah. that is living their normal life right now. It is not even that, but it's like drastically altered. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, huge. Yeah. And especially I, cool about this particular series that I'm doing right now with everybody on Zoom, it's kind of like peeking into peeking into different parts of the country and also the globe where I'm interviewing people. And it's like, it's just, everyone's going through the same kind of weird stuff. Even I was just, I was thinking today as I was going on my like daily allotted outdoors time (laughs) that I give myself, (laughs) I was thinking how, how weird it will be when someone actually does hire me to come back and entertain, you know, just like, Whoa, I have to get back to work and commute and stuff. What's the last gig that you played? The last gig that I played was actually, uh, I played with a couple weeks ago, the guest was a, a girl named Vicky Farewell, who's a composer and producer and piano player for like Anderson Pock and all these people. I did a gig with her on March 11th on a Tuesday night. We played a little show and we had some festivals coming up and stuff. And um, that was on like March 11th. And then that was the last day that, we, that I played with a human being in real, like in person. You know? Yeah, you've done some online things that I saw, like done several the, online videos and things. Xylophone rag, I like that one a lot. Oh cool. yeah, a little Nick Stone. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. And you knew Kyle Trask as well, didn't you? Uh, yeah, from my childhood. Yeah, from high school. Um, okay. he, was in, he was in my competing uh, drumline when we were like in a high school drumline. Yeah, was he? Has he been on this podcast? Yes, he of course he's been. He had an episode of his own, and he was also on the power, the first Power Hour episode I did, episode sixty. Kyle Trask, dear friends out here, you know, and uh, I I had heard his name, uh, you know, several times from you guys because he knew Jesse and you, and he had studied with Spyro a bit, and you know he knew McDackie and Derek Dreyer and all these people. Um, so I had known about him, and then when I, when I moved to LA, uh, I think a year after I moved out here is when he moved out here, and so he hit me up, and we've just been we hang out all the time. He's one of my best friends out here. Good dude, um, he was an awesome quad player, and then I found out later that he was into Brazilian music. When I was getting into Brazilian music, and yeah, and then he's a monster Brazilian percussionist. Yeah, yeah. Remember him like shedding the hipique like really, really well, right? Yeah, freaky, 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 deaky. He's yeah, he's a badass. True, uh, true, bad, bad mofo as well. And uh, um, I've mentioned you so many times on this show uh, because I've had we've had so many mutual friends. You know, on the show, Will Reno has been on now. Has been on, uh, you know, and uh, uh, via Zoom, uh, all, uh, so many mutual friends that we all, that, you know, that we love, and you know, mm-hmm. feel true love. Wow. <laughs> it's a big community too. I mean, it's like a big, um, you know, having that having that Zoom recently where we had the the big um, reunion of the whole yeah, studio. That's right. You know, it was it was overwhelming how many people there were, but it was kind of like, oh, like everybody has everybody's gone places everybody's got like cool jobs now and we always uh joked around about like oh yeah we're gonna call so-and-so over at like north texas university and he's gonna call so-and-so over in the blah 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 symphony yeah yeah and, yeah the reality is like yeah we're all doing cool things and it's uh it's really fun to see how everybody how everybody's routes have gone you know 
Oh, truly, truly. And so you're a Wisconsin boy. There's also some. There's all. There are also some past guests that are not drummers that, that I've you know I've met, um, unbeknownst to like to me that, that they grew up in Wisconsin and knew you. For example, Braxton Molinaro or yeah. Adam Cheskin. Do you remember Adam? Um, I don't know if I remember Adam. Adam Adam is uh, is is one of the most funny, lovable people I've ever met. He lives a few blocks away from me now, um, and he he's on the show. He's in a group called Schmab with my, one of my with one of my great friends, Carolyn Jania. They've been on the show several times as well. And Adam, when I when I found out that he was from Racine, I think, or maybe Kenosha. I can't remember. I can't remember. I I feel like it was Racine though because I was like, did you know Nick Taylor? And he goes, was he with the one with those piercing blue eyes? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, that's the one." <laughs> that's right, man. So you're you're well known by so many of my of my past guests throughout throughout time, and I'm excited to have you here on the show, man. Yeah, it's fun. I'm glad to be here. You're Wisconsin boy. What you miss? What do you miss on now that you're in Maryland? What do I miss from Wisconsin? Yeah, spotted cow. Yeah, definitely spotted cow. You know, a lot of the things. This is funny you bring this up because one of the things I miss most, my mom sends me pretty regularly and it's the it's the because i'm from racine wisconsin it's the racine kringle from Ooh. a from a bakery called O&H bakery yeah right around the corner from me and you might see these now because you, they they ship them out to trader joe's everywhere yeah. um and it's kind of like one of those items that in the aisle as you're checking out you're like um i don't need any of this shit but i'm gonna grab a bunch of it kind of yeah. mm-hmm. and this one's like in a it's like in a white um kind of like wax paper uh, thing. And it's like a gigantic donut squashed down and like a Danish pastry with like a filling. And it's usually like, like a, like a pie filling um, of any sort, you know, there's like, yeah. I think the one we have now is like raspberry Ooh. chocolate. Uh, I think chocolate pecan is the, the two that we have right now. And they, and they put like little frosting on top of it. And it's just, it's the best it's yeah. like the best dessert you could ever imagine. So my mom sends me those like once every six months, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. The spotted cow man, um, is a big vibe in Wisconsin for sure. For sure. Uh, that's like, you know, that's like the, uh, you know, Miller is actually in Wisconsin, but I, I say that new Glarus is like, or the spotted cow is like the Miller light of Wisconsin, which is yeah. a dumb both from Wisconsin. But for, <laughs> me, for me, like spotted cow is just like basically drinking water in Wisconsin, you know? Yeah. The New Glarus Brewery makes uh, uh, so so many delicious beers. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, do you know like how you only live your life? You know what I mean? Does that make any sense, that sentence? Yeah, sure. You only live your life and you only see from your POV. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that being said, um, like, you know, I went, I, you know, I came to your house for Christmas. I spent christmas with you and your family in wisconsin one year yes i remember that yep that was a good one i wondered i wondered if you could if you could tell me that story i don't care about the listeners right now i just want to hear like your version of that story because i only lived my version of it you know and i and now as an adult thinking like what if this weird drummer comes out of nowhere and goes please let me come to your home for christmas i'm miserable i mean for me it was awesome dude it was so fun to have like uh Cause you, you know, you, every year you have like the same family thing and you go home and you know exactly what to expect and you go home and it's like, Oh, there's grandma. There's like uncle so-and-so, you know, there's like blah, blah, blah. You eat the ham, you have like the potatoes. 
Um, and you know exactly who you're going to see. But so Ryan came with me for a, like a, a Christmas vacation one time and just like through, you know, it just, just jumbled up the whole, for me, mix in a great way because, um, yeah, it was so fun. It was just like, it was like taking your college party basically, uh, from home, uh, from, I'm sorry, from college and bringing it home to like, your like little Christmas, you know? So like every time we had, uh, like a family party, it was just like the Ryan and Nick show. We would like probably get drunk way sooner than everybody else <laughs> and just like crack jokes and have a great time the whole time. It was so fun. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the, the, my favorite things about that was just the, the picture that we have in front of the Christmas tree where we're like rubbing heads and wearing Christmas sweaters and like drinking eggnog or something like that. Yeah. Oh man. It's such a fun, like it's so silly dude, because for me, I, I, I like I was on uh, a two month Christmas review show at the Lake Geneva resort in Wisconsin in that period of time. And I just gotten back off of a, you know, two month long cruise ship. And I spent a, like a week or like just a couple of days in Texas and then went straight from Texas to, to Lake Geneva. And I'd never been there. And, um, it's it was the idea. worst nightmare gig of my life to this day never done anything weird it was like and it was it, the, the gig should have, the gig should have been incredible <laughs> but it was the people that i was surrounded by that made it so horrible and i i, I really wish to this day that i had like the text messages to you because <laughs> i'm just like how did that even occur because i know that in my heart i must have been like please please nick invite me to christmas it <laughs> was like you doing that gig in lake geneva lake geneva is like people don't really know i don't feel like people really know about it outside of like my part of the midwest like wisconsin illinois a lot of people from illinois they go up to lake geneva and it's like the little it's like a little lake town it's quaint it's cute it's cool yeah it's cool it happens to be like you know 40 minutes away from my hometown yep Um, so when you were you from you know from kansas Mm -hmm. and us knowing each other from indiana telling me like yeah i'm gonna go play this gig at, at lake geneva i was like what oh my god like that's like backyard yeah yeah came over i remember you came over for christmas and um, a lot of my family members were like you know before they got to talk to you the beginning of the day i remember like christmas day people were like who is that like is he part of our family that we don't is that somebody that we don't know from our family (laughs) (laughs) this is the stuff i wanted to know how did the family react to you feel like like my family is very um you know um they're very traditional but they're also very welcoming to like everybody you know that amazing. i loved your family that yeah was, we had a good time and some key members of my family like my uncle who just loves to have a good time <laughs> my uncle jim shout out uncle jim what's up uh <laughs> he uh yeah i remember a lot of like a lot of the family was like first off they're like so not like in an offensive way but they're just like who who is this guy like, yeah who's coming who's yeah. Our family christmas party where it's only the same people every single year you know they're, they're like is this your boyfriend like that's what they wanted to find yeah, out yeah. Why are you Surprise family, this is my boyfriend. <laughs> no, uh, so eventually, um, like I would say like an hour or two into this whole uh, family shenanigans Christmas party, everybody realized that you were like the life of the party. <laughs> and you're like cracking jokes with everybody and making like my grandma, like my 80-year-old grandma laugh. And by the end of the night, it just felt like you were part of the family. Yeah, oh, that felt so great. I remember sitting with your grandma for a long time. It was awesome. Everybody was so welcoming to me. I just, yeah, 
that's such a special memory in my in my mind because that was like i said it was a very dark period of my life yeah <laughs> it was like oh my god it was like this nice escape via christmas <laughs> yeah. it rocked dude yeah we should do that again like you know people like they they do like the the traditional family christmas thing and it's like when you have to it's like you the mandatory time to go see your family. Like, oh, it's Christmas. I have to go see my family. Yeah. But it's like also an awesome time to just bring a friend to your family Christmas party, you know? And your family Christmas party is something that it's never been before because of like those one or two friends that you bring to it, you know? And I'll never forget like the morning, the, the morning, it was like uh, the, the day after Christmas and uh, we like your dad made breakfast in the morning and, and like, and he was like, he's like, get rid of all this bacon grease to you and me. Like we were just like standing around in the kitchen with him. And, yeah, and so you're just, I'm just going to throw it outside. So we walked outside and your dog, what was your dog's name? Hunter. Hunter. We, we walked outside and I'll never forget that feeling. We were, it was all cold and we threw that, that bacon grease on the snow. You'd never been happier. Oh, Hunter was jumping and leaping and eating it, eating the grease off the snow, and you and I were having a blast watching him, just screaming, bacon snow! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, imagine like a bacon snow cone. That's what that was. He just, he found every drop of it. Pork fat snow cone for dogs. Yeah. It doesn't sound that bad. No, it doesn't sound that bad. But yeah, I I don't know. He had had a lot of wisdom in him that we we hadn't gained yet. Or else we'd be down there rolling in it with them. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. No, that's such a fond memory of me, man. I, I really like that. What else? So Wisconsin cheese curd town. Yeah, definitely a, a cheese curd vibe there. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people hate on cheese curds. There are two different types of ways you can eat cheese curds. That's a that's a real thing. Um, what are the two ways? Well, most of the time, you you can eat them fresh or fried, basically. Got um, most people have had them fried because you can go anywhere to like any diner uh, and, and not anywhere, but a lot of places they have fried cheese curds and you can't go wrong with those. You take some cheese and you fry it. I mean, what could be better than that? You know what I mean? Yeah, the other ones are from like legit dairy farmers and they're fresh, super fresh. You can even get them. This is the crazy thing about Wisconsin. All this crap that we're talking about, they just have it at gas stations, like everywhere. Like every gas station has cheese curds and like, Kringles and spotted cow and like the best bratwurst you've ever tasted, you know? Um, But the cheese curds that are, if you, when you know they're really good, if you want to test a fresh cheese curd is if you bite it and it squeaks on your teeth, that's like the true test, you know? Mm. A squeak. It sounds weird, but it's, they're, oof, they're good. Cheese castle that's near, nearby. There's like a cheese castle place. I went to one time. Yeah. Mars cheese castle. And they actually just, they built um, their most recent building, they like knocked it down and, or maybe they built next to it or something. Yeah. And it's an actual castle now. It's like you drive on I-94 going from like Chicago to Milwaukee and there's a castle on the, um, I guess it's on the west side of the road. Yeah. It's a legit castle and it says Mars Cheese Castle and all they have is cheese. That's it. Maybe a brat or two, you know, but. I love that. Did you ever go to South Dakota as a kid for vacations? Um, yes, uh, a couple times. Maybe one. What's about the, uh, the the corn palace in South Dakota? I don't know about the corn palace. The palace made of corn. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> and it's legit made of corn. It's a, it's a fantastic place to visit. Well, this one's not. This one's not a castle. It's not a castle made of cheese. That's true, but tons of cheese in there though. 
But it is called the Cheese Castle. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So they're in a way they're liars. <laughs> they're definitely lying. Yeah. <laughs> they're not lying that the, the castle's full of cheese. You know, that's that's the truth right there. But what's become your quarantine snack during all this all this craziness? Oh man. Um. So I make granola like. I make granola like once every, well, I used to, before the quarantine, I would make it like once every two weeks. Right. Um, and since uh, we've been home just a ton, I had to keep it in this little tin, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and before this, like I was like super, you know, like I was getting ready for like like bike racing season because I'm like a pretty avid bike racer. You are. And I was like eating healthy. I was eating very healthy. I was like, I cut out beer, um, you know, I was like, trying to trim down a little bit, get lean, get strong on the bike sure. and just eating a lot of vegetables and stuff. But the, like now that this has happened, that's basically gone out the window completely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm trying to backtrack now actually, but um, this, this granola uh, has been like a staple of my day. Honestly, I fucking love it. Recipe easy to explain. Can you give it, can you give it up to the listener now and me? Oh, yeah, yeah, For sure. It's just coconut. It's a coconut granola. It's called, if you, if you like, type on google it's like the first one that comes up it's like chunky coconut granola and it's by the minimalist baker um but i just add more sugar and like maple syrup than the, the like as this has been going on every recipe has had a little bit more and a little bit more and now it's basically like peanut brittle you know what i mean and it's like the most amazing uh snack so every time i walk by i just get a little handful and just go on with my day yeah. Um, yeah, that's been uh, that's been carrying me through that, and and I will say these these tasty um, northeast uh, IPAs. Mm. Yeah, I've had to stop drinking craft beers of any type during this quarantine because I'm like I'll just drink too much. Yeah, I I usually don't drink these beers um, too much outside of this like time, you know. Yeah. As soon as this happened, I was like I just stocked up because I was like, what else am I gonna do? You know, nothing else to do. Drink beers. I'm drinking these tasty beers, yeah, and just eating very tasty granola. Mm. But I'm cooking a lot more, you know, like um, I usually cook a decent amount, but now I'm like I can put a little bit more care into the cooking and, um, you know, uh, my wife has to work still like nine to five um, at home basically all day. But um, as soon as she gets off work, she takes the baby and I, I can cook for us. So I take some time doing that and that's been really fun. I like doing that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your wedding ring made of? I've been seeing it in the in the in the picture here. This is um, it's made of tungsten. Yeah, it's the performance metal. I like it. It's actually cracked. Um, I'm not gonna lie about that. I I cracked it. I think I slammed. Uh, I was like, I, I was on a counter. I think I slammed my hand down, Ooh. and I just cracked it. So you can kind of see in the. I don't know if you can see that, but see that? Oh yeah, I do see it. Yeah, it's like cracked on the center, but like you know, it still works. It still fits. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do about that. We're talking about like replacing it, maybe getting a new one. You can't really, because this, this metal is super strong, super strong. Uh, <laughs> that's a drink right there. But the, um, it's very brittle. So if like there were, there were stories of people like with this ring on and like, say like, um, you know, a husband and wife, um, I heard this story when I bought this actually, um, yeah. They were slapping hands. They gave each other a high five, like, yay, we're married. And their rings hit each other's rings, and they both shattered, you know? Ooh. But it's strong enough that you can, like, carve into, like, rock, basically. So it's, it's, it's weird. I don't know. Um, 
you're thinking about you you know you looking at a, a medal for your uh, for your wedding or what? Well, it's fun, funnily enough, a week and a half before um, this is. I mean, this is. Uh, pr- I'm very very private about my wedding details and and uh, and future nuptials and things like that in general. But this uh, a week and a half before quarantine happened, um, we found we finally found a jeweler that we trusted to make the wedding band that uh, like to finish the engagement ring or whatever, you know, like for, for Lori and then also to make mine. Um, and, uh, and so then he took her engagement ring and we said that it was supposed to be done like in a few weeks and all this stuff. And then this happened. So uh, Lori's engagement ring has been in a vault. <laughs> Wow, Rangers vault <laughs> this whole time, and uh, it's highly uncomfortable for me and her. It's a weird thing, but uh, but at the, but we trust them. It's awesome, but but like but yeah, we I finally figured out because I, I was really really uh, for a long time I really wanted to get one of those cool like wooden rings or like maybe like some kind of metal with wood and stuff and all that stuff. And I fi- but like I couldn't figure out and figure out what exactly what I wanted. And I looked and I was trying to get somebody that I trusted and stuff. And then finally we met this guy, and he was like. You don't want wood. He's just like, don't, <laughs> he's like, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. <laughs> he's like, you want this to last your whole life, then you want to pass it on. He's like, don't be stupid. You're just gonna break it. It's it's too porous. Doesn't matter what kind of finish they put on it. He's like, he's like, you're a drummer. You're a hand drummer. You're gonna not take it off. You're gonna sweat on it. You're gonna spill beer on it. You're gonna. He's like, he's like, for years, you're just gonna like put that thing through a beating. <laughs> he's like, he's like, trust me. You know, and, and I, uh, I appreciate it when somebody like schools me like that. Because mm-hmm. normally everyone's like, "Yes, sir, we can make it work. Uh, we'll make what your we'll make your dreams come true, or whatever." You know, it's like, no, I want to know if this will work or not. Like, can I actually do this? You know? Yeah, yeah. But I appreciated the guy just be like, "Don't be stupid." <laughs> he literally said, "Don't be stupid to me," and I was like, "All right, I like this guy. I'll work with him." That was <laughs> nice for somebody to just tell the freaking truth, you know? Like, yeah, he's and and, he, and also he was like the most fairly priced like. And we, like, it's, it's LA. So like, whenever we like talk, like we're like, we'd find a jeweler. We are interested in it, And we'd talk to them and they'd be like, Oh yes, it's a thousand dollars to sit down with us for a preliminary meeting. And we're like, um, <laughs> and, uh, wow, crazy. This is for, uh, this is for like a, uh, a wedding ring for her or for you or for both for anything. Yeah. Just like talking to jewelers and stuff in this town. Yeah. I think it's just, just like, Oh, if you want to sit down with me, it takes, it's a thousand dollars or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, I just took a total shot in the dark for, for Katie's, I just like, Ooh. I just bought something that I just thought she might like and, um, know her well enough that, um, you know, if it, if she even didn't like it or if it wasn't like the one that she wanted 100% that, um, I could try to convince her otherwise. So <laughs> luckily I think I, I think I, I think I did the right thing. Uh, I think I got what? the right one. Yeah. She loves it. And you know, we're, we're, um, we're f- three year, three years in now, and uh, um, still, still talks about. It, so. Let's see, two thousand something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's a that's a tricky that is a tricky issue. The the getting rings and figuring out the sizes and all that stuff in secrecy and getting all that handled. Yeah, there's like a lot of secrecy about getting like a friend to size the ring for you. You know. Like, uh, oh, let's see, let's see if it fits your hand. You know, we've been doing that a lot for our friends that are um, that are getting married here in DC. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. It's it's good. It's good to, good to help out fellow, uh, you know, uh, men that need that need help with that issue. It's a it's a difficult yeah. time. It is a difficult time. <laughs> I was lucky that my engagement ring for Lori felt like kind of fell into my lap. 
um, but it was like eight months before I had planned planned to propose. Mm-hmm. So when I got it, it led to the most stressful eight months of my entire life. <laughs> trying to, well, it'll do that to you, man. Yeah, I totally understand about little things and just feel like, no, maybe I should just do it now. I just want to get rid of this thing, like having to protect it all the time. It was a very nerve wracking experience for me. But that's interesting. Tungsten. It's funny. I, I realized. Yeah, tungsten. But just know that it's like, uh, you know, it's like it's a brittle metal. It's not. Yeah. And I have a friend that, that busted his too. He was like hammered at a bar uh, on tour with our, you know, with our uh, band, and uh, he slammed his hand on the on the counter. Wash. And yeah. then just shattered his ring. So I'm really glad you told me that because I ended up I ended up going with gold, um, which I. Not- uh, but I, but I'm getting it like all like aged and torn up and stuff like symbols kind of you know kind of like a hard edge hammered look, um, but like exactly what you're saying is like when I just me putting my hand down is like typically harder than anybody puts their hand on the table. I'm just like all the time. So you say hands. So yeah, makes sense. Well, you have big hands too, but you always commented on my on my gorilla fingers and stuff. You do. You have like. All the ultimately like the meatiest hands I think I've I've ever seen of anybody, <laughs> yeah. which I think is why like a lot of hand drumming stuff was always so natural to you. Like if you have a big hand, you have an advantage. You know, like I noticed that like my hands are not they're not super long, but they're like kind of me. You know, and I could always just do I could I learned how to do a slap on a conga like pretty quickly, uh, sure. whereas like somebody who had like a skinny tiny hand or yeah. like long skinny fingers they couldn't do it. You know. Totally. Funny I, advantage to have. Well, that, that's it is a weird advantage for sure, and I and like. The, but it's funny because like then, especially when I moved to LA, I'd meet people. Um, th- there's a girl that's been on my podcast. Her name is Caitlin Moss, and she's tiny. You know, she's a tiny person with tiny, skinny fingers and stuff. But dude, she is a fucking monster on congas and, and baton stuff. And and it's just, and so the minute I heard her, I was just like, holy shit, you must have like worked your it worked your ass off to get those tones because like in order to figure out how to because ha- it's like for me a lot of tones came really simply just because it was just like just put the weight of your arm behind it and you'll get a good sound kind of thing you know but and yeah. she was like yeah, it was very frustrating like because she had because like she was such a perfectionist that she would just listen to albums and be like i'm not getting that sound how the fuck do i get that sound and she just spent right. all time working that out you know but so it is possible just to encourage the listeners that might be trying to play congas for the first time and can't get us out for anything. Um, it's just Not yeah. to say if you have skinny, tiny little hands that you can't do it. Yeah, it may take a little, you know, extra work. Well, that's <laughs> honestly, you see, you hear like a little baby. It's all about like just how like you're using your hand and naturally using it. Because I've seen little babies like get slaps, like hanging off like Georgie Alabe, or even even seeing Eliza on your little. Uh, on, your, on your video with the pondator the other day i was like dude yeah. babies just naturally just slap real loose and it's like crack yeah. yeah i dude i was like that's why i posted that video was because she had her tray out like her eating tray you know yeah. and it, like it's sitting right here across from me it's just like a plastic piece and um there's like a tiny bit of like a maybe a millimeter between the table and her and her tray and she was getting like so stoked to eat her dinner the other day and she just, like, put her hand above her head. We've been, like, I put the penderu out in front of her, yeah. and she just hits it sometimes, you know? Like, she sees it, and she knows how to hit. Yep. And so she does that on everything now. Anything, like, flat surface, she just hits it. And so recently, she just put her hand – I got a great video of it. She just, yeah. like, takes her hand, puts it above her head, and just goes, like, whap! And it's, like, all from the wrist, whap! It's, like, a great – somehow it's, like, a great technique of a slap. 
it just it's tiny baby girthy hand, and yeah. it like makes like a great sound. And I just I was like, oh my god, like I gotta take a video of this. This is amazing, you know. Oh, uh, you just see you just see Laurie sneaking past on the camera there. <laughs> Hi, Laurie. <laughs> um. Uh, no, I think I think about that all the time. Cause, like, I still have two students and like adult students and stuff to this day that um, they're like, I've been practicing what you've been telling me, and like my, you know, I'm, I'm I'm I've been trying to tape my fingers, so it's hurting so much. Like, I'm not trying to be, be the next best conger and stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're not relaxed. Like, I'm watching you. You're like so stiff and so, you know. And they're like, no, man, I'm doing everything you're saying. I'm breathing. I'm doing the, you know. And I'm like, just look at this video of like a baby doing it, you know. And like, you can find them online all the time. Like little babies are just going like crack, 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 like with no work at all. I know. Um, like, they have a better slap than you, and their hand is one tenth the size. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh, it good. We're gonna try like giving her like some hand drums, I think, um, just to like get a feel for not even just to be a drummer, but just to like you know get a feel for making sounds and like trying to you know be a musician of some sort. I guess I, I don't know. I, I just I can imagine being a baby and and slapping a drum would just be like the most fun thing ever. Here I am like 31 years old. I'm still doing it because I did it once when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, now like you made a career out of it. So, you know, yep. it's gotta be, it's gotta be, I don't feel like I'm working. It's gotta be fun in some ways. <laughs> it's, the most, it's like, it's the most uh, kind of primitive and instinctual instrument on the planet. You know, it just, it just feels good to make a big sound. You know, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Lori yeah. Lasted me all the fucking time because I still like I'll be washing dishes. We have like especially this like one big like uh, metal mixing bowl that we have, and like I'll I'll be I'll just be washing dishes and stuff and like and then like there'll be like I'll be washing this metal bowl out and then like just the perfect and I I literally don't even remember that it makes a sound or anything but like it's one of those you know you've used them in percussion ensemble pieces and stuff all the time but like um you fill it with like just a little bit of water and then I'll like hit it against the side of the the sink or something and it's like. <laughs> and then I'll sit there for like 20 minutes, like just like using different like spoons in my hand and like wooden spoon versus metal spoon, filling up with different parts of water. And Lori's like, you're wasting water. Stop. What are you doing? That's crazy. Sounds. I love dipping a gong, like a small gong. Uh, uh, we had like a piece in grad school, like dip gong into like a Tupperware of water. And it was like the craziest. I had never heard anything like that before you know i love those sounds yeah i love doing it but it, like the it was the biggest pain in the ass to fill that up for rehearsal every day yep. and then have to have to empty it again you know yeah that's a silly thing to have to do at school but yep we've all had to do those weird things for percussion ensemble pieces <laughs> yeah, it's definitely part of um what we do is weird shit yeah <laughs> Dude, I remember my freshman year at, at University of Kansas with Bobo. You know, we were in his percussion ensemble piece, and the the I can't remember the composer's name, but he was coming that evening to work with us. And I think the next night was our uh, performance. And for my part had four tuned wine glasses that Bobo had put on two by fours, and like like and kind of like. Uh, he 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 had done it before we got the like he just wanted to like make everything really easy for all of us so he did it he found the four wine glasses and he put them like he, he got the two by fours together and all did all this stuff like hot glued that into the and the two by fours and all this stuff so that we'd have like a an actual instrument to play kind of thing and it was the morning of and he's like hey you guys need to set up um you need to set up all of your percussion ensemble stuff before the rehearsal 
Oh yeah, I think it was like a like a three or four o'clock rehearsal, and then the even that evening was the performance. And so he's like, you guys need to set up all the stuff for percussion ensemble in the room. I have it all day long. So you need to have that set up before your classes and stuff. And, and I had an eight o'clock theory class, you know? So like, so I like ran down there at like seven thirty in the morning to like set all that stuff up. And Bobo was there walking around in the hallways, making sure we were all getting stuff done. And I was like pushing a big percussion cart and those wine glasses fell off and onto the ground and the glass shattered everywhere. And I was just like, we had been practicing this piece for like two months and he had done that like two months ago and he had a full day of teaching to do. And like, you know, and I had classes in like 20 minutes, you know, and, <laughs> and he, all the glass shattered on the floor and he goes, well, guess we know what your morning's going to be. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, damn it. You know? So I, like I, so I cleaned it all up as quickly as possible. I called a janitor because you're supposed to, he was like, you have to call a janitor. Like if there's glass, blah, blah. And then, and then I, then I went with a pitch pipe that <laughs> I, and he was like, Hey, there's uh he's like, there's a furniture store closing down. They're doing like a clearance. So you could check there. And so I would check there and then I went to like target and I, I brought like a water bottle and a pitch pipe and was like breaking water wine glasses out of boxes and stuff. It's a very, you know, ridiculous experience, but that's what percussion it's funny to have to do that. Like in a really stressful situation too, like tuning wine glasses to like the water that fills them up to like make them a certain pitch. It should yeah. be like a very like natural, nice experience to like take your time and like almost meditational. It is. We had to do it. We were like, shit, we got 10 minutes to fucking make this an F sharp. Like we got to do it. You know, you're going to bow this stupid ass like uh, wine glass right now and like try to make it sound like something that it's not. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was always worth it in some way, you know. <laughs> some way that we can't tell, really figure out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the time where you have to do that stuff and you, you don't have a choice. Like I have a choice now and I choose not to do it, yeah. but I'm glad that I did that stuff. You know what I mean? It would be very difficult to find me tuning a, a wine glass nowadays. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, beautiful, man. Well, Hey, we've been talking for a long time. It's time to get into some segments and some games. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this first segment we're going to play is a very fun little segment. It's called the compliment corner. The beasts of the forest can be mean and make your day gloomy. To make the world a better place, Ryan welcomes his friends to a magical space called... The Compliment Corner. Okay. In the Compliment Corner, what happens is, uh, it just gives me and my guests an opportunity to forget about how dark and gloomy the world can get. You know? We just sit down, I'm gonna look you in the eye via Zoom, uh, a compliment that I mean, you'll flip it on me, give me a compliment that you mean, and we're both going to walk out of the Zoom call one compliment heavier at the end of the day. I like that. How's that sound? I like that. Okay, good. All right, here's my compliment for you, my friend. Um, if you remember at the top of the show, I said the strength level was drum fam, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, for me, uh, ep- epitomize what that word means. Like, take all the hashtags and the kind of silliness of that away. For me, in my life, uh, I, I remember literally being in the car with, with Jake Harpster uh, when we moved to Indiana, and 
and going like, and I literally said to, to Jake, uh, imagine the friendships we're going to make at IU because we were so excited about like going to this new school together. And like, when I think back on it, I'm like, Nick Taylor, like, uh, like you know, and like Jesse Willis and Will Reed, like some of these people, but like you, uh, you were the first, very, very first one because you had done DCI with Jake and, 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 and Andy and, uh, you know, all these different people that we, that we were, you know, are in our friend group. Um, but like, for me, it was like, I met you because of drums there's you know there's no mistaking it like we didn't accidentally meet we met because of drums we went to basics together went to shows together went to you know we took every master class we did every ensemble we did like ponderu duos together and we did like yeah, we did so yeah man we just did so much like drums stuff together and obviously we're not just friends because of drums but but like when i think of like whenever i if i ever hashtag drum fam or something like that or i'm thinking about drummers that i love or drummers that I admire and look up to and stuff like I it just I remember seeing you play uh, like rudimental snare drum and and I grew up you know with like Shane Nichols and Josh Franz and like see, you know all these people that I knew that did DCI and then seeing you play uh, and just going like holy shit <laughs> this is the thing like this is the dude you know and I just I, you know I was just I was like you know and I and I've told you this many times over the years you know but I've just been such a big fan in addition to just like being grateful that you've been you know in my life and as a, such a good friend and stuff and you know so for me that drum fam thing is like a silly kind of hashtaggy kind of vibe but like when i think of you way before hashtags and all that stuff that's real that's literally what i think about it's just like my bros in my life that i met because of drums and understand that stuff do it to the craziest high level and are just badasses you know i like the drum fam thing i, I actually hadn't heard that before this uh this little session here but oh like okay yeah, yeah, I like it. It's good. Yeah, uh, it kind of makes, makes me realize how much of my um, immediate, you know, fam is definitely related by drums. Like totally, almost, almost my all my closest people in my life yeah. um, related to me in some experience or level by um, drumming together. You know, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, makes sense. It's a, it's the only instrument that really, really, really like uh, lends itself to just becoming friends. Yeah, and not every instrument is such a community-based mm-hmm. feeling, you know. But, but like all the stuff that you you and I fell in love with. I mean, I I never did DCI, um, but you were truly one of the only guys that ever really made me regret that decision because I, I always wanted to play drum set and bands and tour and stuff like that. Uh, but like hanging out with you and just like every summer that you were doing stuff, I'm like, damn, it would be fun to be like just be partying with Nick, like you know, like or you know, doing so. I should have auditioned for that group or something, you know, but. Um, you would have been a great drum set, uh, like a drum core drum set player, I think. Yeah. Would, um, yeah. You know, we're, we're 10 years too late now, but um, <laughs> at the time, you would have been, uh, yeah. yeah. I just start auditioning now. Please, guys, please. please. <laughs> you know, they canceled, they canceled this year of DCI, which is oh, the happened, so it's yeah. great. That's it's really crazy, man. That kind of shatters our world in a weird way, but yeah. Totally. Not, yeah. Well, that's my comment for you, my friend. I mean it. And uh, love you so much. Yeah, I love you too, man. Um, I would say my compliment for you is that, I mean, you were the beginning of my drum fam, I will say. Like, I didn't really know too many people outside of my little drum corps community uh, when I was in high school, basically, because you were like the first guy I met um, coming out of high school. (laughs) That's a crazy, weird thing to think about. But yeah, like my first day in college, um, I met you and Jake and Andy yeah. and my drum fam began basically. Yeah. 
So we were the roots of that. But I think, you know, I think if we're, we're, we're going sentimental in this compliment corner here, I think the biggest thing that I was to take away from you um, was how to put a positive spin on any situation. And I always, I always really admire that about you because I am a, a cynical dude at times. I, I take things really personally. I tend to be kind of judgmental and I, and I struggle with, with not thinking like, you know, taking a judgmental thought and you can go one or one way or the other. And many times I will go the dark way and I get into a dark place and it's not great. I have to pull myself out of it. And one thing I've always um, admired about you is that you can take any situation and just spin it into a positive situation. And I've always loved that, man. Like I've always, you know, like I feel like so many times in our undergrad, I've taken a situation and go like, you know what, man, this fucking sucks. Like this is so shitty. I can't believe how much this sucks, you know? And you were like, dude, it's not that bad. This and this and this, like, it's actually pretty great. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how you just convinced me of that, but you're right. Like, it's crazy, you know? And it, it wasn't the situation itself. It's just the way you looked at it, you know? And that, that, that influenced me a, a good bit, uh, I have to say. So, your positive attitude, Ryan, you know? Yeah. I really appreciate that, man. I appreciate that, especially as I get older, because uh, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm the same way, dude. Like, I, I especially now. I mean, it's, it's uh, this quarantine, especially, has done some really hurtful stuff to my life <laughs> in general. You know, and it's and everybody's lives in general too. But, um, you know, but this is the the latest thing where it's just like it's hard. It's really, really, really difficult to positive spin your way out of everything and as i get older um i i try i'm always trying to look back at little ryan or young ryan or college ryan you know and just go like like where like please like talk to me right now like talk to me right now because i i need like a, a boost of that positivity you know and i still carry a lot of that but it makes me feel good that you think about that and you think that way of me for sure yeah always the life of the party like that's like yeah that's undoubtedly you know what i mean you know, I was thinking this the other day. Um, this is totally off topic. Um, Good. We have a Chick-fil-A that just went into, um, like, nearby our house. <laughs> I was, yeah, really quickly of the, the Friday meal deals, dude. Oh, Ooh, my God. Yeah. Remember those? Or the mall, we would, uh, we would you, you go and you buy something, you buy a meal at Chick-fil-A, and then they had these Friday meal deals where you could bring your receipt back to Chick-fil-A and whatever order – you had on that Friday or I think, yeah, I think it had to have been a Friday. It was like a Friday of that month or something like that. Right. You could, you could just get that exact meal for free. Yeah. You remember that? That was amazing. I love it. It was the best I, deal. In the world. I, I can't remember who figured that out or why, I, 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 but I just remember that becoming like a big tradition for the percussion ensemble, like their percussion class, like everybody that was in drum, that was doing drums. It was like, it, we would go after some event and everyone would like buy their food. Then like the next week or two weeks later, we'd all go back again and get our free. Just dinner. free. No money. They just say like, can I get this, this, and this? Here's my receipt. And they're like, yeah, you don't owe anything at all. And you're just like, Oh and it was on Friday. We did so many Fridays started with that. Remember? Cause we would like finish classes. Then like, we'd all go back to our dorms or, or our apartments and stuff and we'd take naps. And then it was like me at Chick-fil-A five thirty or six or something like that. And then we'd go like to the movies. We'd go to a party and I specifically remember like Saw, <laughs> seeing Saw with you guys. <laughs> 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 
I'll never forget that. They do there. Uh, I could never forget it. Every once in a while, I still whistle the song that you always mentioned as well, and because you you always uh, talk about my whistling. And uh, can you do that whistle for us? Hmm. Yeah, it's the the the. So it's not an original whistle. It's the whistle from um, Richie Rich that the butler does when he's in the when he goes to prison. Okay. Wow. Very. Uh... <laughs> he goes to prison and he's in the shower, and somebody tries to to murder him in the shower, but he kicks his ass. But when he walks in, he goes. Can't even That's do it. Fun, yes. Can't even do it right now. I still whistle that. I don't. I, I don't even know, know if I've seen that scene, but I still whistle that all the time based on what you told me. Yeah, or what you were whistling all the time. <laughs> Something like that. Oh man. Yeah, that's a that's a good memory. So well, hey, man, I feel better. That's you know. Do you feel better? I feel better. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Well, that's been the compliment corner. I love that a lot. Um, you know, we've been doing something at home here. Um, uh kind of shown to us by our friend Matt Penland, who's uh, in the Air Force Band. Um, he and his uh, fiance, they do this thing called highs and lows, and they do it every day. And at first I was like, this seems like a lot. This seems too much. But um, every day before they go to bed, they give their highs and lows of the day. And I always like kind of scoff at it. I'm like, this is silly. But then we do it, and I'm like, I feel way better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Always, you know, when you start with your low and then you give your high afterwards. It's good. I, I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, Lori and I practice a bunch of that stuff before even the quarantine stuff started. You know, we, we have a lot of like little little rituals that we like to do, kind of build each other up or just listen or even just listening to each other and how mm-hmm. we do that. I, I really believe that stuff, man. It's just nice to like reset, practice something, you know. And, yeah. and, and in that very same vein, we're going to do that right now. Because the the last segment we did was very complimentary and fun and you know lighthearted. This next segment is going to be an airing of grievances game. All right. This oh. is this is a segment called "Get Your Dang Butt Out of My Face." When you get by the human race, what you gonna say? Get your dang butt out of my face. <laughs> I like this. Okay. So, <laughs> get your dang butt out of my face. What we do is, um, we we talk about something that's been irking our chain, pissing us off, making us angry. You know, whatever, and and we'll get to talk about that. You know, we'll talk about the, whatever it is, and then it gives you a chance to tell the story and then s- tell that thing to figuratively get its dang butt out of your face. Okay, I like this. Makes sense. So, do you have something that's been irking your chain right off the bat, or do you want me to go first? And, and- um. Why don't you go first? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going a little bit different this this week uh, this week because I play this most weeks now. It's just a favorite game people like and and I love it. Uh, it's a nice airing agreement this game. But the uh, the way I'm going this week is a little bit more internal. Instead, normally I pick stuff that's like you know uh, you know when I the, people that are irritating me or things or like politics or something that's irritating me. But today I have to go with something that's been driving me insane about myself especially over quarantine, was that I'm running late to, like, everything, including this very podcast interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, and I mean, not like, not hours late, but like, I'm five, ten minutes late to everything 
that I do. <laughs> like, like, like I'm always, you know, can you have this in by five? Yeah, and then it's five ten or five fifteen, or like I was supposed to meet you at five o'clock, and I was like, in that five five oh one, I'm like, sorry, dude, I'm so, I'm stupidly running late for no reason. <laughs> like, like I just like cannot get to my own home that I'm already in <laughs> on time. And yeah. it's really nuts because I'm just like, what is wrong with you? And like, and then if I think about my day, I can think about where I could have easily cut off, you know, one or two minutes in this thing or this thing or whatever, you know, and just where I'm like, it's a, today was a perfect example of like, I, there was no reason for me to be late to hanging out, but I just like, you know, just, I let things last too long. And then by the time I started getting in gear to do this, and then I'm trying to get stuff ready for Lori because she's going to come home and want to, you know, just all the different things. It it's just, like the more time you have, the less, the, the more you lose track of time in a way, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's driving me nuts. Cause normally you have a school that goes from 8am until 9pm, you're like on it, you're on it every yeah. single way, you know, but you have one thing to do and you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to be late to this one thing that I had today. You're exactly right, dude. My day to day is like, I wake up at the crack of dawn. I'm doing stuff every minute. Like I schedule every minute you know throughout my day and i'm like okay i have i do have, like oh yeah i'm supposed to be driving from here to here but i can make this phone call during that time and then still get there you know whatever it's like every minute so scheduled mm-hmm. and, I, and i'm at the end of the day i'm like man i crushed that day that's great good job you know and, but like now i'm like okay i have an interview at 5 p.m and i'm late to it <laughs> it's like what <laughs> the fuck is going on yeah. so i so for this week i just have to yell at myself and say hey late procrastination brain Get your dang butt out of my face. You get that. And I'm hoping I can change it, you know? I think you can change it. I think there's a... It's looking up for you. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. What's yours? What's been pissing you off? I mean, you know, um, I have to go with my most recent thing that pissed me off, and this is a very... It's very... It's stupid to complain about, but... Okay. um, You know, because you can't get political in this time, this day and age, um, this current situation... I've been, I've been, you know, I've been every day I make my oatmeal and I get up and I watch the news for two hours, just like throwing shit at the TV, like just pissed off. And I could talk about that stuff, but I'm not going to, um, basically I think the most get your butt out of my face type scenario is, you know, like twice a week these days we'll order some food Mm. and, um, I will say the last two and probably the last seven out of 10 times the order has been just massively messed up. You uh, know? <laughs> yep. and we don't, we don't order a lot, but like we we order one, like, you know, it's a special thing. It's like, you know what? Let's not dirty up all the dishes. Let's just, let's just order in tonight. And it's always like a nice, we look at each other and go like, yeah, that'll be nice. You know, that'll be a nice thing. We're kind of superheroes in a way because we're feeding into our local economy during this difficult time. <laughs> That's how I see myself. I'm a superhero. <laughs> I'll give you the fucking queso and chips. <laughs> we ordered some tacos tonight. Um, and yeah, the dude just shows up at the door and he's got a totally different restaurant in his hand. And he's like, here you go. And I'm like, that's, that's not or what we ordered. That's not even the same, the right restaurant, you know? And he just like, he just gets in his car and drives away. And I was like, okay, um, you know, we're like close to this podcast time actually. And I'm like, I'm just going to have to do this thing, you know, sans food. Like we're just going, we're going hungry, you know, yeah, yeah. eventually the dude just shows up with the right food like a half hour later, which was 
like kind of a miracle to be honest. But so in the last time I was with, um, I was with Jake, you know, Jake has been my, uh, our quarantine buddy for throughout this, uh, quarantine, even before lockdown, we were like, listen, if this shit gets real, let's only hang out with each other and nobody else. And exactly. that's, that's been the deal so far. So it's been pretty nice to have a little bit of social communication outside of, uh, you know, just staying in the house with the dogs and all that and the baby. But, um, so on Cinco de Mayo, they come over, we're like, let's order tacos. It's going to be easy. You know, there's so many taco places in DC. Yeah. Uh, let's order some tacos. So we order some, we order tacos from our, our favorite spot. We get to it. Restaurants closed down for the night. Okay, fine. We go to the next place, close down for the night. Okay. Next place. So we just keep trying, keep trying and trying. And eventually we have to basically order from the only, the only restaurant, um, on Uber Eats, which is like the worst Thai food you can ever imagine. Ooh. And that's what we ate on Cinco de Mayo. And like I said, it's very, it's a very petty thing to, you know, to be, to be, um, bitching about, but not much is going on in this quarantine life right now. Yeah. There's only so much. There's no, there's only so much. Every day is groundhog day. And you know, the other day we did our highs and lows at dinner time. I couldn't even think of a low, you know, everything was just so, you know, groundhog day E that I just couldn't even, or good, you know, that I just couldn't think of a bad thing. So, but that, that's been the thing that's been irking me lately. So I might just start making food only from home and just stop ordering, but then we don't stimulate the old economy, you know? So what you need to do now is take a moment to tell takeout delivery and Uber eats and all that stuff, what to do. You know, Uber eats drivers and DoorDash drivers. And, um, what are the other ones? Uh, Postmates, Postmates, delivery uh, service of any kind, any of these delivery services. Just follow the instructions. That's all you gotta do. I know you're busy. I'm not busy, and I have a lot of time to complain. You have a lot of time to, to you know, to work and uh, just, uh, you know, just deliver the right food to the right door. And I'll give you a lot of. I'll give you. I'll tip you fair and square when it comes time to it. But. Uh, and what else do you tell them, Nick? Do you remember the name of the game? Uh, get your butt out of my stinking face. <laughs> Although I do appreciate you because I want you to, um, you know, deliver my food at, you know, at the right time. And <laughs> thank you for being a frontline essential worker and all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I feel like it's a, it's a it's a bad thing to complain about, to be honest. But no, you know, but it's not. I, I completely get it, it, it because Laurie and I have ordered food four times in the last two months now over two months now that we've been in quarantine which uh, typical life we order food four times a week like you know like we eat out and, and by, by between eating out and ordering food that happens a lot i mean four times a week easily you know um so so just because we're both so busy and it's just like we can't cook every meal but now but now like cooking is one of like Lori and i's favorite things to do so between the two of us we're always cooking and stuff and so we've been that, that's been a kind of a cool thing but the four times that we have ordered food, there has been like a huge glaring error in every, yeah. and I'm like, dude, come on, let you know, like, yeah. it's a, so I feel you. And I think everybody probably does, but there, but there, I, I think people are overwhelmed. I think a lot of restaurants yeah. aren't used to doing so much carry or like delivery in general. Yeah, definitely. And either, um, the restaurant that we always order from and that we get tacos from all the time. And that is like our, go to they just started delivering like two months ago so i like i feel bad even like saying anything about it you know 
Because they'll have to figure it out, like because they're like, okay, shit. We used to not do like any delivery. Now it's all delivery. How do we make all this stuff? Like a lot of places are just used to making stuff like to the minute, or like you know, like like when people order. But now it's like, dude, you in order to cover all these deliveries, you're gonna have to make big batches of everything, you know? Yeah. So then the yeah. quality goes down. It's just not as good. And we had, we we got our meal, but they were cold tacos. I gotta say. They were still good. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a big taco fan. Um, and they were even even good cold. So I, I have to say, um, still pleased, but could have been better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get it, man. All right. Well, are you ready for the next segment? Yeah, I'm ready for the next segment. This is something called learning by listing. Rapid fire. Okay. Okay. In this segment. What happens is I'm going to give you a topic. I'll give you two topics, one at a time, and uh, you'll be. I'll give you 20 seconds, and you're going to list all the things you know about that topic. There's no right answers. It's more like a Rorschach test than anything. It's just just, just to hear how your brain works, how a Nick Taylor's brain works, how you deal with pressure. You know, high pressure, high stress situations like this. Not ready, but let's do it. Fine. <laughs> so, uh, okay, are you ready for that? So, just anything that you, comes to your mind. Uh, the first topic is favorite drummer boys of all time. Go. Okay, this is easy. Um, you, Josh Franz, Jesse Willis, Jake Harpster, uh, Will Reno, you know, Parker Lee, um, my buddy Joe Kelly in the Toronto Symphony. Um, my a couple of my coworkers, Jeff DeRoche in the Navy Band, um, Joseph Gonzalez in the Navy Band. Okay, I'll give you twenty one seconds because I felt like you were going all friendship. Which <laughs> those are like yeah, you know, like however many friends I said, those are like my nine closest friends. <laughs> I love that because that that's you know you could have got you could have said Buddy Rich, Gene Krupa, Jose Basias, El Negro Hernandez, you know, Giovanni Hidalgo. You could listen to all these monster drummers, but you went straight friendship, which you know. Yeah. I-, I mean, I feel lucky that um, a lot of my friends are some of, honestly, like my most influential um, drummer drummers too, you know? Like, yeah. they, it means more when you know them and you see them work to me than it does just watching YouTube videos. And, like, the, maybe the YouTube videos, the quality is, like, you know, out of this world, buddy rich style shit. But like, I don't know when you see your friends working so hard and you see the product, it's different, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. There's only, and, and the, yeah, it's just the more and more as we age up, you're like, Oh yeah. The guys that we were watching videos of when we were little kids are still those same dudes that are still getting the same endorsements and doing all the same gigs. <laughs> like, yeah, so, like, yeah. so, so none of us, so those jobs aren't even available. <laughs> 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 also, um, you said drum. Did you say drummer boys? I did. I did drummer boys. So when you said drummer boys, like in my head, I saw D R U M M E R B O I Z. Okay, and yeah. Like, those are my my boys. You know what I'm saying? Like when you say drummer boys, like I'm thinking of my drummer boys. Okay, so maybe I led you into that. Maybe that was a little bit of leading. Okay. Hey, that's all right. It is what it is. But yeah, I love that. But that's that just shows the listener how how much caring you are, you know, for friendship, which I think is very important. I'm always a yeah, big um, proponent of friendship. I love you know that. <laughs> All right, here's here's round two. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Reset. Here we go. Round two is things that you want to teach your little baby. Go. 
Um, really good tasting food. Um, you know, the, a good taco probably, like how to eat good tacos, um, how to hit a drum the right way, how to hold a stick the right way, maybe play piano, um, you know, speak proficiently, uh, <laughs> how to find the, the best qualities in people. Ooh, good place to stop. Good pl- yeah, that's good. I like that. You went for some manual stuff first, like, you know, yeah, yeah. good eats, here's the good drums, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get into some stuff where it's like, you no, know, we'll get into the, you know, you need to speak correct. <laughs> that's like i don't know why i said that that's just like you know anybody should do that no matter what yeah but that but that's good you want you have to teach them that you know okay yeah true you, have to. you just have to if you want them to have a fighting chance in this world you can't not teach them that yeah no, you have to teach them that <laughs> <laughs> i love that man what's what's being a dad like man are you a oh. different dude now than when i last saw you I don't know. Maybe I'm, it's hard to say for myself, but like I probably am, to be honest. Uh, my mom was telling me that she's been watching this Facebook, or I'm sorry, um, Netflix um, special about babies, and says that um, a, a man who spends a lot of time with a, a, a baby, like this part of their brain that you know is like really emotional, grows larger than usual, and I, I do feel like that is happening to me a little bit. <laughs> Like the grandfather part grew three times the size or whatever? Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, yeah. So, like, I'm just a big softy now, basically. But, yeah, it's crazy. You know, one thing is that I always thought I would have a, a boy for some reason. Um, like, growing up, I always thought, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have boys because I have a brother. You know, my mom had brothers, and uh, my dad has a brother. So, it's like I thought, like, we'd only just have boys. But we had a girl, and she. it's, like, it's so – different i think than what i than what i thought it was going to be um in the best way possible i just love it i love every moment of it it's so fun today we took her to get i took her to get vaccines that was a sad time because uh yeah yeah they just like they lay her down on on this like kind of medical table and um she's all happy and giggly and like just having the best time like she's got like a pacifier and she's got a toy in her other hand then they doctors they just go boom boom and like take these shots and put them in both her tiny little thighs right into her little baby thighs yeah all at once you know and uh she just like she cried hard she cried and breathed harder than i've ever heard anybody cry or breathe and it like it kills you for like 10 seconds and then you know how a shot goes it hurts and then it goes away and like as an adult you know that and you prepare for it he had no idea what was happening. So it happened. It was fucking crazy for like 10, 15 seconds. And then she was fine. And then it was done. All good. And she looked at me and smiled. And we were like, all right, let's go home, you know? <laughs> like, well, this place sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's here again. The sad thing is we have to go in one month. So sorry, Eliza. I'm not a dad. Uh, I only have a dog. But I, I just brought Rupert to the vet like a month ago because he was having some skin issues. And the first thing the doctor did was like I brought I brought him to the vet, which he already doesn't like. And then the first, the doctor just goes right up the butt, the finger, yeah. and and he yelps and he just looks right at me. And I'm just like, dude, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Like, I didn't, I don't mean it for that for you yeah. life. I didn't but, know he was gonna do that. Otherwise, I would have told you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so you know like yeah, my, I, it's nothing like having your baby go through it but i just at the same time i, I had that feeling of like ooh i definitely don't want to start my day because that was like an 8am 
veterinarian thing too. So it's like starting your day with a you know a, a stranger's finger up your butt. It's That's not a weird thing for your day, we'll say. Not the best start to the day, you know. Yeah, he'll yeah. get over it. I was like, he'll get over it. Sure, he'll get over it. It might take years, but it happened. <laughs> it happened. You know? Yeah, it happened. I mean, I, I will say the one thing about being a dad is that, um, you know, I'm six months into it now. She's six months old. Um, we've gone through a lot in six months. It's like she was so tiny when it, when we first started, and now she's like sitting upright and smiling at us and laughing and like like saying not words but like sounds and you know she's yeah. eating food and. Um, I will say you think so many things are important in life. Like these, like, Oh my God, I have to make sure that my, you know, like my snare drum video is perfect. And I have to make sure that like this, this person doesn't think this about me or this person doesn't think this about my playing. Yeah. And then you, when you have a kid and you like start to like, you know, dig into that world. And then you're just like, why did I ever care about any of that stuff? Like, who cares? This is shit. I love that dude. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird, weird um, feeling that just kind of like rolls over you and like um, your, your perspective of the world, it just kind of like alters just a tiny bit because it's not about you anymore. It's, it's about this, this kid. It's about this baby, you know, like it doesn't matter what you want. And this is like verbatim. This has happened so many times where I'm like about to do something that I want to do. Like I've set aside time for myself to do this one thing yeah. and I'm so excited for it. And whether it's like, you know, drink a beer or like, you know, work out or like practice or whatever. And the baby just doesn't allow it to happen. And you just have to accept it. And I've never had to do that before. I've never had to do that before. I have to, I'm done doing what I want to do. I'm done doing this. I have to do this now. And it's really hard at first, but then after a while, it's just second nature. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Man, I love that, dude. And I'm also, I'm just excited for you, man. I was talking to Jesse Willis the other day too about the same kind of stuff just fun. I've always wanted to be a dad. I'm excited for that when that comes up in my life eventually, you know, and, and I think it's just such a cool thing to watch. My, my brother just became a dad, you know, a year ago and, and I, that to my nephew and godson and, you know, just, and I just, it's just very exciting seeing everybody change into papas, you know? Yeah. I don't feel like, um, I grew up. I just, you know, I just, it's just happening. <laughs> and I just like, now I, I, I'm the same dude, but I just have a baby now, you know, in this, like all this, responsible wife that like you know we like you know somehow we form together we make this great little family it's awesome beautiful man i love it so much did you watch that seinfeld stand up yet that on netflix seinfeld? no it's my list though yeah there's, there's he talks about that or he's just like women go through this wonderful change everything about them changes. their physiology changes that that they, they, you know there's nine months above but the guy it's just the same guy same yeah. guy <laughs> dude <laughs> I, I don't feel any different from when we were you know like being idiots when I was in like, you know, uh, a sophomore in college and like slamming natty lights in my backyard or whatever. Like, I don't feel that much different than that. Hell yeah. Except, you know, that I'm 11 years older now. <laughs> I get it, man. I get yeah. that. Well, hey man, we're coming to the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, the last question that everybody gets, you know, keep in mind the name of the show is Ryan, a super strong. So Ryan. my last question that everybody gets is just a simply, Hey, Nick, are you super strong? So I have to answer that and say, am I super strong? Yeah. You have to. Is it a one word answer? No, it can be however you want to answer. I think I'm medium strong. Ooh. 
I love that because you know everybody answers the same question and everybody does it so differently. And and you're one of the first people that's asked me a few follow up questions before you. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things in life that I wish I was stronger at, and I think there are some things that I'm really you know strong at. Like uh, I, I don't I think they balance themselves out. You know, I'm not sure, but, but I think I'd like to be a lot stronger in a lot of different things. So. Um, well, or kind of the cosmic joke of the title of my podcast. It's a it's a joke. You know? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So you look at me and you go, "This this idiot's not strong in any way." <laughs> but so that's kind of that's the whole kind of cosmic joke of the whole podcast. But it's like you know, the, keep in mind. Obviously, there's so many types of strength. Whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual, you know, musical or whatever, like whatever they are. You have to take into account I'm a really um, literal person, so. <laughs> That's part of the whole thing is finding out more about you and how you think, you know. And yeah. so what, but my request from you would be to give some advice to the, you know, the people that are listening now that might be uh, relating to you, whether that be because you're a literal person or because you're a drummer or because you're a DCI guy or you're a drum fam guy or you're a baby daddy now or a dog dad, all these different things that people might be relating to you about. What's some advice that you can give the listener uh, that might make them as super strong or as medium strong, as you put it, <laughs> as a big tailor? Um, I think the biggest thing that I've always, and I've never, you know, I, I don't always practice what I preach, but um, is, is let your ego down and just learn everything that you can, you know? Um, I, I, I feel like, I, you know, I was like a cocky um, teenager for a long time and I, I uh, you know, it, it's been, as any musician, you're just like, you're like, you have to be egotistical to be good at your instrument, you know? Like there's no way that you can be a great instrumentalist and not have some sort of ego, you know? And I think I started off as a, a really egotistical high school kid, you know? And the thing that I learned from that is every year I've, I've gone down a notch and I think my playing has gone up, you know, especially like in, in school and in grad school and all that. Yeah. Um, I think my, my, my biggest thing is like, um, the more I hear people and the more I let others speak, and the more I uh, learn, even if it's not something that I end up practicing, is something that makes me stronger. You know what I mean? Something that, that makes me uh, more woke, if you will. Yeah. You know? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice, man. I think that's it's true because it's just it's one of those things. Everybody, start, you, you do start with an ego. And the, I think the goal is to get better. I think you're, you're like, obviously this is a podcast. So visual, it's it's a audio medium, not visual. But what, what Nick's showing us is like, as your ego goes down, your skills go up. And so at some point they match and then ego should still continue to go down and skills should continue to go up. Yeah. It's crazy because some of the, the, the best players in any facet, the best performers that in any facet that you, that you meet are the most humble people. And you're like in high school or you're in college and you're, and you think that you're the shit, you know, like you're at Indiana university and you're like, I'm the best, whatever in this whole, whatever, you know what I mean? And then you meet somebody who is the best in the world. And then they're like, oh, yeah, man, I don't really know much, but this is what I can teach you. And you're just like, oh, my God. Like, this guy is way more humble than I am. Yeah. And he's 1,000 times better than me. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's, it says a lot. That says a lot. That's a huge lesson to learn. Yeah, I love that, man. I yeah. love it. 
Well, um, so what? Are, what uh, if uh, this is the top of the show, uh, the, the very end of the show, where we're going to give plugs, you know? So where on social media can people follow you? Are there YouTube videos that people can see you doing your thing? Um, I know for a fact that there are. Um, yeah. <laughs> where, do you have a website? Do you have play, you know? What, where can people find a Nick Taylor? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely on Instagram. I'm just uh, I'm I'm drums and bikes, you know, Instagram handle, and I'll I'll post some stuff on there once in a while. Um, it's a lot of bikes and I would say it's more bikes than drums these days. Um, and maybe even, it should be maybe drums, bikes, and babies at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Cause those are like the three facets of my life, but, dogs, um, dogs, yeah, dogs, granola, beer, coffee. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Longest but, Instagram name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, drums and bikes. Nick, if you just search my name on Instagram and, um, there's some, I have some videos on YouTube. There's some like um, old, you know, snare drum videos on YouTube. Once in a while um, on Facebook, on the United States Navy Band uh, Facebook group, we're working now especially because we're doing a lot of, um, you know, remote videos, uh, yeah. performance videos that we're posting on there. So if you just keep your eye out on there, you'll probably see uh, some drumming action on there. I'm working right now on something that's like we're playing stars and stripes, I think as like a full band, like a 70 person thing um, on Facebook um, for Memorial day. I don't know when this podcast is going to go out, but it'll, uh, it'll be on like the day before Memorial day or on Memorial day. This video will go out. I'll be playing a rope drum uh, for stars and stripes. So awesome, man. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. All right. So, at the, uh, you know, thank you so much for plugging all that. And I always take this moment to plug Chad Coleman, who did the art for the show. Chris Hackman, who did the intro and outro music for this very show. Uh, the Instagram is Ryan is super strong. The Twitter is at super strong Ryan. And most importantly, if you are listening to the show and you liked listening, you, maybe it's your first time, maybe it's your millionth time, who knows. Um, but if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and leave a review for the podcast, the show grows. We have listeners all over the world in Indonesia and Turkey and Mexico City and Ireland. It's insane. I don't know why people are listening to this, <laughs> but I'm thankful you guys are all tuning in because when you guys listen, more and more ears all over the world get to hear about my badass friends like Nick Taylor here. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for making the time to do this. And like I said, you know, I, I, I'm sorry it's, you know, in the, you know, in the very late hundreds of episodes that I've had you on. I've wanted you on since the very beginning, but I just figured we'd be hanging out again one day and it just hasn't happened for years, you know? I'll just take it slightly personally, but that's it. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, when, we'll make up for it. We will get together uh, in person and have you on the show again and, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be awesome. So um, thank you so much for making the time to be on the show, man. Of course, man. Thank you. I love you so much. Love you too, buddy. At the end of every episode, I talk to one listener or a group of listeners, and I try to uh, get them to up their game in some way. And today's no different, and I will start right now. This week, I want to talk to all of you assholes that are getting videoed doing real assholey things. It's hard to be an asshole now. Okay, we get that. You're an asshole. But it's so easy for us to tell that you are now because of all the video. But don't you want to not look like an asshole? I think that'd be a great way to walk through life. Instead of waking up and go, Hey, I'm going to be an asshole today. And then you do some assholey thing, maybe a racist thing, or maybe you bring a gun out, or maybe you do, you know, who knows what you're doing. Uh, or maybe you're beating someone up in the street, or maybe you're an officer that's doing horrible things in the street. But, you know, who knows what's happening. But maybe you're just an asshole who needs to wake up and go, Oh, shit, there are video cameras now. 
If that's all the motivation you need to be stu to stop being an asshole, then I'm all for it. Okay. <laughs> stop being an asshole. We don't need more videos of this shit. We need you to be better. So listen to the advice of someone like Nick Taylor here. Okay, then go back in the archive of the Rhino Super Strong podcast. Listen to all of the advice of my badass guests. You know, there's very few videos of my guests being assholes like all you assholes. <laughs> That's because they're only badasses on this show. I swear to God, I say it all the time and I mean it every time. So do all that. Get better. Stop being an asshole. And maybe one day, just maybe, you could be super strong too. Just like Ryan.